0: Well, I won't, I won't hold us up any longer. Um, let me introduce these amazing ladies. Um, I am actually just having an opportunity, even though we work in the same company, 200,000 people. I mean, you would think we would know each other. Um, but I had an opportunity to meet them last night. And so today, uh, during this discussion, we have panelists, Akisha Wright, uh, operations and site leader for Collins Aerospace. If you know anything about uh, Raytheon or RTX, we're RTX now. Don't kill me. Uh, We have have three business units, uh, and Dakisha is representing Collins. And then we have LaQuatia Johnson, department manager at Raytheon, and then Ms. LaKendra Francis Jones, operations executive director, also from Collins Aerospace. And we are here today to talk about um, when you get to the table, how you get to the table, when you get to the table, what you do, is there a table, <laughs> right? Sometimes you got to create the table and bring your own chair. And so we're going we're gonna to talk, talk a little bit about um, uh, what it looks like, right, when you are a black woman, uh, what it looks like to have influence. And we're going to do that through these ladies as they share with you their journey. Y'all ready? We are. Because I'm ready. We're I've been ready. waiting on this all. I didn't even okay. sleep last night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So let's kick this thing off. And, and I'm going to give this question to all of you. I need you to share with them, how are you having your say? We talk about having your say at the table. How are you having your your say? And this could be in person or virtual. And we'll start with you, Ms. LaKendra.
1: Yes, Um, so good morning everyone. I would say ultimately how I'm having my say is um, extending grace to others. So uh, I took on an absolutely new role that was outside of my bandwidth, my knowledge outside of even what I anticipated as being part of my career track, but I, I really had to lean in forward to set myself apart for where I want to be, right? So how I I lead, how I go into a room is that I give the people grace that I want in turn to receive, right? And so I show up and, right, and oh, unfortunately, sometimes it's seen as, you know, overwhelming, right? Because, um... Some people may see this as you know character and play, but um you know this is who I am, right authentically, but at the same time, you know showing up in leadership and being authentic and true to myself is still a trouble it you know it's still a struggle, it's still work at hand, right because everyone right comes from you know different genres, different backgrounds, different experiences, and so you may not be readily understood in the room, right in in your true form so it's me making sure that I extend grace to people that I in turn want to receive and it happens over time um, but sometimes you know it feels uh, overwhelming just lingering to figure out when you fit in right and who's your tribe and who's your support system
0: Ooh, you said so much. You said too much. You don't you said all the stuff. i am supposed to respond to all of that? One of the things that I definitely want to hone in on, you said grace, giving others grace. Mm-hmm. What about giving yourself grace?
1: So I, I fail at that regularly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just
1: just being honest. And so um, what has led me to the executive ranks is performance, right? And so now in this new role, in this new space that's outside even my educational background, right, uh, for me, it's unfamiliar and it's uncomfortable, but this was intentional, you know, for me. It was like, I have to figure out, right, how I shake up, right, my foundation. Uh, and so at the same time, though, when I look in the mirror, all I tell myself is you're not performing at the level that you've been accustomed to. And I'm looking at my peers who are career professionals, right, in this function, and I'm like, you're not as good as them. Like, when are you going to wake up and be as good as them? And so the struggle day to day, you know, for me is, you know, I want to be where they're at uh, instead of focusing on this is a journey, Lakendra. you're going to mm-hmm. get there. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the grace I give to others is not the grace I've been allowed to give myself but it's a work in progress.
0: It's a work in progress, because mm-hmm. you deserve grace too, Queen. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's right. yes. Yeah, we all suffer from that, a little imposter syndrome, because <laughs> uh-huh. that's what I heard her say, right? A little imposter syndrome, we all deal with that. But it's so important for us to remember, uh, and, and I think I was talking to you last night, I was like, what would you tell your best friend, right? Mm-hmm. What would you tell your best friend? You would give your best friend sure. grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. you your own best friend too. Right. Give yourself grace. I love that. Cause that's important when we're having our say. Cause this road is hard, is. and if we don't give ourselves
2: grace, whoo, we go burn out.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Takiya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us how you're having your say. So having my say
2: is really, um, for me, is having my voice heard. Um, so I too, like Lakendra, have stepped into operations, and that was not my background. Um, And so it was a different out of your comfort zone type of moment for me as well. And what I realized and I rely on is the fact that I need to find my comfort zone, right? So wherever you are and whatever it is, you have to find that inner peace, right? So that you can continue thriving and and leading and being the person that you were bound to be and the reason that you're here, right? The reason that they chose you to do whatever the position is. And so for me is I've always felt like I can lead anywhere, right? I can lead anything. I can lead in the office. I can lead outside the office. So that's what I lean back to. You're a great leader. That's why you're here, right? And so finding my comfort zone helped me continue to see that I could add value where I was, even though I wasn't in a place that I had come from, similar to La Kendra's story. And the peers around me were all very successful and they've had grown up in that organization. And so for me, having a seat at the table is just that, is pulling up to the table, right? And because somebody invited you there, just at the, at the point, when you get to a certain point in your leadership, you're invited To the table right um so let's let's just let's just put that out there right so you're here so what do you do with that opportunity now that you're here you got to eat right so it's time to find your comfort zone and that way when the plate is passed around it's time to eat right so that's that's really but you you if you're not comfortable and you don't allow yourself to get comfortable it's very hard for you to continue being successful so that's to me, is finding my comfort zone, and that's how I how I move forward.
0: Are we ever really comfortable? No, and you shouldn't.
2: Like you shouldn't that. ever. As women
0: of color. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no. tell me what a comfort zone is. I want to sign up for it. I want to find it. I <laughs> the <want> to- eyes <laughs> are stacked <laughs> against us. <laughs>
2: It's period, right? But you have to find your own inner peace because that's the only way that you're gonna, you know, propel forward. So really quick while you're on that, my motto this year is own your own happy, right? And I hear I hear it, it's powerful, (laughs) it's simple, but it's powerful. And I have had to tell myself that several times this year. When things happen and things go, I'm going to own my own happy. I will not let you be the determining factor of my happiness. So find it, right? Whatever it is and however you need to get back there, because you do get uncomfortable and you'll stay uncomfortable. You may get comfortable now and then they shake you up and put you Mm -hmm. in a new organization, tell you to leave. Now you're (laughs) uncomfortable again, right? Mm, So you're going to have to find your own happy. Mm
0: -hmm. Turn to your neighbor and say, own your happy. Own
3: your happy. happy. We got it. We got it.
0: that was powerful, because I think, I think a lot of times as black women, um, we don't recognize, right? Or it's just women of color, period. We don't recognize the power that we have. Um, I was speaking to one of y'all last night, and, and I think it was you, and you said, um, first of all, when you walk in the room, like you done showed up, like you done walked in, like you standing out just by walking in the room. Yes. You don't have to do anything utter a word, just walking in the room, that's your power, mm-hmm. Right. But when we get to the table, we gotta eat. I like mm-hmm. that. I'm gonna own my happy. we gonna talk about this comfort place because I wanna find it. <laughs> Cause it, it, it. It escapes me. It escapes me. But but I, I, I love what you said about, you know, finding your comfort zone. And right now, right, we think about what's happening uh in our company, like I've been there for two years. We've already gone through two mergers, right? And so you talk about, you know, being able to control what you can't control because Mm -hmm. we can't control when they decide to let us go. We can't control when they decide to change the job. We can only control how we respond to it. Response, right? That's our power. And so when you talk about the happy, Mm -hmm. that's where I went to, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's all a mindset. All right. Last but not least, going to tell us. How am I having my say? Yes. Um, I will say
3: is really, so let me start off. I am an introvert uh, by nature, right? And so there are things that i realize I'm really passionate about, and it brings out the vocal aspects of me that people are not normally used to. Um, Some people are like, I'm surprised you're an introvert, right? But I am by nature but there are some things that just pull it out of me because those are the things I feel like I really need to speak out or speak on, right? And so how am I having my say? When I show up in a room, in a meeting virtually or in person, I bring the value that I know I have. So normally I would like to sit back, right? But if there is something that needs to be addressed, something that needs to be amplified or brought up, um, that's my time to lean into that, what we call vulnerability, right? I'm uncomfortable speaking up or speaking out but at the same time I realize if not me, who, right? Um, I may have some answers or I may have some questions and I have to be okay with also being wrong. So how am I having my say is also being an example for those in the room to allow me that space to be wrong. I'm gonna throw an idea out there just like my peers, right? And I'm gonna be okay with it and we're gonna all regroup and figure out what is the right thing to do. So being vulnerable in those situations where I don't know it all. Um, I'm one who loves to study a lot I love to read a lot I like to get the answers right Mm y'all but being a leader I realize I can't get all the answers but I have to build that team and I have to show them I'm not going to get it all right that's why you all are here to help make us all better and get us to the solutions whether it's as a team for our customers um, so on and so forth so that's really how I'm having my say
0: I love that thank you I don't believe this introvert thing you you trying to you trying to. It's true. You trying to to, you know. This is a press. Shit. But I I love that being vulnerable. Right. That's Mm -hmm. tough. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I enter, you know, corporate, that's a bad thing. Right. What you crying at work? What you (laughs) telling all your business? Showing people who you are? Mm -hmm. Being all vulnerable. That's bad because then that gives them ammunition. Right. Mm-hmm. To be able to use it against us. We hear it again. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you are telling us. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's OK to be vulnerable. Right. That for you. Right. Mm-hmm. That has that has been the thing to elevate
3: you. Yes. I right? grow through that. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's hard. It is. How do we get to that place? Right. I want, I want to dig because for me, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. Right. sometimes. How did you, being an introvert, how did you get to a place to where you were comfortable being vulnerable?
3: Um, I'm going to say I've had folks who have invested because they've seen value in me. And after I've seen when I took step one and they said, keep going, or they said, you can do it, or you did great. And I didn't realize it. Then I I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take step two. Right. So it's putting one foot in front of the other. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm walking right? I'm running. Wow, this actually worked. So even though my heart is beating fast or I'm sweating, right, and I'm nervous about whatever it is that I have to say, uh, next thing I know, I'm looking back like, wow, look at how many steps or what strides I have made since then. So I realize it works and I have to press through regardless.
0: Yes, I love it. And I think that's a great segue into, into my next question. When, when we talk about amplifying uh, the voice of women, What what is something or or a few things that you can tell us that we can do to ensure that our voices are amplified when we are in the room? Let me take that one. All right. All right.
2: <laughs> so a um, couple of things that I have from the amplifying um, aspect, and some of it is on us, and some of it is on the people around us. So um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a room where you'll say something and it it get passed over and then somebody mm-hmm. else will say something. it be happened. the mm-hmm. exact never. thing the you echo. just said. Yeah. Did you hear the <laughs> echo? And they'll think it is the most fabulous idea that has ever been said. And you look up like, really? I know, because I said it, right? So we've got to, if you don't feel comfortable in that position, speaking forward and speaking up for yourself, you've got to, to ally with people in the room and have them bring it forward. Because I've been in in settings where Will said, you know, that is a great, great thought that Clementine just brought up (laughs) five minutes ago. And I think that we should continue to elaborate on this point. Yeah. Right. We've got to call it out. Right. So if we're at the table with amongst other people and that happens to them, you bring that forward, too. Right. And then if it's happening to you, I've pulled people aside right after after meetings and mm-hmm. things, and said, hey, can you help me with this, right? I'm having a hard time being heard. Can you assist um, with that? So really just, you know, making sure that that voice is amplified through the messages that you bring. My other point is within us. And you. Um, we spoke about it earlier when we talked about the research and doing the work. We got to show up, ladies. So when I said eat, that mm-hmm. means we got to know our stuff right? You got to come. You got to study and talk to the right people. Let me get some information about this, that, and the other. So when I sit at that table, I'm ready to eat because I know what I need to know, right? Based on whether it's your team whether it's, you know, your own personal research to find out more. Hey, let me take that PowerPoint. Let me read through it to figure out, you know, this program or whatever it is. That way you have those educated um, discussions at the table, right? And you're not quiet because you don't know, right? And you're ready to speak when it's time. And so I think that is how you amplify your voice. You come correct, (laughs) right? You come with what needs to be heard. Yes, ma'am. Can I add to that? You absolutely can, Queen.
3: <laughs> also, when I heard the word amplify, I realized it's, to me, one of those technical terms, right, to make louder or stronger. Um, I, also, one definition talks about making something complete um, in terms of speaking or writing about. And just as Dakisha said, sometimes we will be in that room and maybe there's, someone didn't speak but we can tell the gears are going in their head and they just didn't speak out. Maybe they're not the most vocal person, again, in the room. So I model what that looks like. So when we're in a meeting, I go around the room and if there are folks who are not talking, hey, um, Kimberly, did you have anything else you wanted to add? What did you think about the point that you know Joe brought up? You know what I mean? And in those instances, now everybody has an opportunity. And sometimes they just don't feel like, well, it's not really worth it. But then you'll see that hesitation uh, kind of fade away because now you've invited them to speak. So that's one way. I'm um, also thinking about in terms of amplifying, um, we're talking about women, black women. In a lot of cases, we're the only. And being a minority, when you're the only, the mistakes or the missteps can also be amplified. So not just the successes, mm-hmm. but the mistakes. And we've got, again, as Takesha and LaKendra talked about, give each other that support, but also that grace that it's okay, we're going to recover from this, right? Know your stuff, work hard, network, all those sort of things, but also don't allow those mistakes to uh, deter you or others because sometimes I've hired uh, some folks and I've wondered, like, man, you know, I've hired, you know, these other black people or black women and not just for the sake of uh, how they identify, but I've hired them because they were qualified, but when they mess up, how many of us have ever felt the weight of Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Every time. They mess it up for everybody, Mm -hmm. right? All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. we have a burden that we're carrying, but we have to allow that space for, no, we're all going to contribute to the discussion. And if you mess up, we're going to recover. So I'm going to amplify the fact that we're going to be all right Mm -hmm. and And make sure we mm -hmm. get everybody's voice heard.
0: And that's why I said, where where does comfort zone at? Right? Mm Because we do. And and sometimes we do it to ourselves. We carry that burden, Mm -hmm. right, Um, because of the the history. Right. I love it. Like Andrew, you go add on to
1: that? I would, I would say for me, the game changer, because I echo and, and agree with everything the lady said, would be advocacy. You know, prior to COVID, right, and we're in a, you know, at work environment, right, <laughs> on site, uh, what I found that was a game changer for my peers were that they were having water cooler conversations. They were having meetings before the meeting, <laughs> right, and they were setting up plays so that the people that, right, that they're building into their succession plan, the people that they're trying to move up, right, the people that they're trying to help shine, right, and give a platform to, they've already met before the meeting, right? They've aligned on talking points. They have a strategy, right, on how, you know, if this executive doesn't agree with this point, then then they'll piggyback, and, right, and here's where (laughs) I'm going to come in, and then we'll bring them back in line to the plan. So that's what we have to do for each other, right? And so in a virtual environment, right, get on DM. Say, I'm about to go into this meeting, here are the points that I'm going to align to, I'm going to message, right, here's what you're doing, right, to make sure that we're meeting these, you know, key performance integrators or whatever, you know, measures or targets, right, that our department um, is being measured by. Um, And so that has created opportunities for when there are initiatives, right, that'll get a lot of senior level visibility that I can say, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, I want to bring you know, LaQuais Shaw, the Keisha to the table, right, so that they can get uh, executive visibility and sponsorship, right, Um, because, you know, all of these ideas or all of these corrective actions and measures, right, have come from, right, their ideation, right, their experience, right, and this is how they're leading in the business. That's good.
0: Did y'all hear all that? Because they just dropped some <laughs> golden nuggets on y'all. Uh-huh. So let me go on and give you a recap because I took notes. Because <laughs> I saw y'all. Y'all was hanging on to every word. So, But I got, I got don't worry about it. I took notes. Um, first of all, you have to be your own advocate. You got to speak up for yourself, yes. right? Um, don't be going up in the room and then you're not ready. Because they're going to give us a seat. Mm-hmm. Right. We, 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 that's easy. Everybody in this room go, go perform their butts off. We go do that. Mm-hmm. But you can't then walk in the door and then not be ready, not have mm-hmm. all your I's dotted, right. your T's right. crossed. Yeah. The other thing I, I heard was model the behavior that you want to see. Right. So if there's someone in a meeting and they're not speaking up, invite them into the, right. the conversation. Right? right. We want to be included. So we model inclusive behavior. Right. The other one was, ooh, and this is my favorite board of directors. Everybody needs a board of directors. We can't do this work alone. I don't know about y'all, but I'm traumatized, right? I'm still dealing with some PTSD from being in corporate. And so I need some people to stand in the gap for me. And so I love that you talked about that board of directors having those people, right, that could stand up and stand in the gap and advocate for you. I love that. I love it. I told y'all this was so good. It was <laughs> so let's keep on dropping nuggets. Now we've talked about it, and I think this is a really great segue into sponsorship. Ooh, let's talk about what that looks like. And it gets tougher, and you kind of teethe it up a little bit in this virtual environment. It's one thing when you are, you're able to go and have those water cooler conversations, yep. right? But how in the world do I go about building a board of directors? How do I go about getting sponsorship, right? Tell me how I do it. Question. let's start with you.
3: All right, so how do we go about, I'm going to say for myself, that sponsorship (laughs) has been, it starts with with what Zacchaeus said, uh, performing. Um, There are folks who are going to want to pour into you. There are people who are going to want to, you know, put their neck on the line because they've seen how you performed and how you showed up. They can trust uh, signing their name and attaching themselves and associating themselves with you. And so um, I'm going to use that word vulnerable again. There were just a small group of folks that I had been open and transparent enough with that I trusted their voice, right? And after they grew to know me, uh, they also were like, you know what? I have an opportunity for you. Um, I would like to see you in this next role. Would you like to take it? And and oftentimes I, I didn't feel quite prepared or ready, but they were like, you can do it right? So they were willing to sponsor me for that opportunity. Um, I think it really started earlier on with mentorship. There were folks who wanted to coach me up, um, and I make sure that I do the same for others, whether they ask or not. I may pull somebody aside and say, hey, here's some things I would recommend you go do. And after a while, I realized there were folks who were talking about me when I wasn't in the room. Those are what I would consider my advocates. And then eventually, it grew to folks who were saying, you know what? I want to make sure that I invest and make you successful. But it, sh- it started with performing and executing where I was and making sure I also vocalized where I wanted to go. So that's how it started for me.
0: Go I'm ahead. ready. No, go ahead.
2: <laughs> we don't need to call you. I'm, Look, I'm taking my notes too, <laughs> All right. So a um, couple of points I want to leave with you all. Um, in this virtual environment, we just talked about that, right? Virtual environment. And everybody wants to, now that, so what, we went through the sending everybody home. Now we're bringing everybody <laughs> back to work, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so in the virtual environment, when you are, say you are working on a, a Zoom, turn your camera on, mm-hmm. stop hiding behind that beautiful picture that you were standing in front of the white background and you like, that's me, that's not you today. Turn that camera on, turn it on. And I tell you why it's because that's how you show up, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they see you and they see that you're engaged and they see that you're, you know, you ha- you're stepping up to have that yeah. seat at the table. So that was the one thing I want to talk about with virtual. The second thing is because we are in such a virtual environment, you have got to be intentional. You gotta be intentional about networking. And I'm gonna give you guys an analogy. This was actually before um, COVID and we went to to the virtual world. You remember how they used to say that all all business decisions got done on the golf course. Mm -hmm. You remember that, Mm -hmm. remember that? Everybody talks about the golf course. Well, I don't play golf, right? So what did I do? Started playing in golf tournaments. I'm going to get in there somehow, right? (laughs) I'm going to network with some people somehow. So this is just to, to explain to you guys, find a way to get in. You know, get out of your, some people don't like to network, and I get it. But that's also limiting who you're exposed to you got to network, you've got to learn to network. And in this virtual environment, you've got to get on people's calendars. Mm-hmm. And you got to not be afraid to get on their mm-hmm. calendars. If they have an admin, hi admin, can you put me down for, a get to know you for this person? I only need 30 minutes, right? Cause I'm gonna have my elevator speech ready. I'm gonna know a little bit about you. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about me. Yeah. And you start to form those relationships. So that's one way. Networking is super duper duper important. Awesome. And virtually you have to be intentional, have to be intentional. The next thing is activity. So you will you will find, you will meet a lot of people who may not be in your direct line. So you'll meet the leaders in your direct line, period, right? Because you work. You work under them. You'll be in meetings with them associated with what you have going on. But to meet leaders outside of Mm -hmm. your area, you've gotta do other things. So a lot of the ERG activities, stepping forward for boards, whether it's diversity councils, special projects, Mm -hmm. those get you seen by other people, Mm -hmm. right? Who don't necessarily know you because you may not work in their chain or work directly with them. So you'll find you'll have other sponsors Mm -hmm. and advocates Mm -hmm. in other areas that have seen your work doing some extracurricular activities right stepping forward or presenting about you know something that an ERG is doing or a special project so those can be very valuable to you all so please don't take those lightly when you're on those types of projects or you're doing you know leadership within your ERGs because that also gets you noticed by people you don't realize could be in your corner.
0: Y'all got that? Y'all know I took notes. If you didn't, <laughs> we got you. Look, Kendra, you want to add on to that? Cause I got something to say. But I'm gonna let you go first. You want to go first? Go
1: ahead. Well, I would just echo, you know, what what the ladies said, right? And so, in the in the virtual environment, coming in, you know, leaving my heritage legacy Raytheon business, right, where I grew up and I had all my networks right across the functions, you know, for me that was, you know, a challenge because hey, I'm putting in 12 hours and now I literally have to schedule in time, right, mm-hmm. to meet all these different leaders across all of these dis- different functions. And it was taxing. It was mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. And some one, just on one leader, the meeting moved eight times. So, you know, mentally I'm like, if he doesn't want to meet me, why doesn't he just say that, right? <laughs> why is he moving right. this? Amazing? Right, and so finally we connected, right? We're on the Zoom, and you know it's just, and he he instantly said he was like, well I didn't realize you had personality. He was like, you know, you seem so you know kind of straightforward and too you know it to it and to the point. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just you know I'm you know, conscious of, you know, your time, right, and my leader's time, and I, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm messaging, right, what, you know, what are the impacts, right, what's important, right, and, and what we're doing to go, you know, address situations, right, or challenges, and so, you know, it creates that, that next level, right, it starts to, you know, kind of pull down, you know, that barrier and that wall so that they see the person in you, not just, you know, the employee, right, not just the, the manager, the leader, and so um, it is part of the job, right? You just have to, you know, develop, right, um, the the discipline and the, and the, and the determination that you know if I'm going to move up, right? I need these people to not just know who I am, but also, you know, know what I need, right, mm-hmm. uh, from from a development mm-hmm. perspective, just as well as you know how to help me connect and grow. Yep. And when times are going to get tough, and they will, right? Who are those people that I can call and say? You know what, this happened. I don't know what to do. Right. And and you because you've created that relationship, right? Uh, that they'll usually be able to give you some pointers or connect you to someone that's a, you know, a subject matter expert in that area to really help you work through it.
0: We just got all the ingredients for what I like to call API. Anybody know about API? You know about API? Uh I see a few hands. So if you don't know about API, let me go and tell you what it's about. The A stands for advocacy. Right, You want to elevate your career. You need people in your corner that, and Ms. LaKendra said it best, that not only know you, but they know what you want. They know your gifts. They know your talents. And they're in a position to help you get there. Right? Mm-hmm. We, got, we got mentors. We got people that we talk to, but they may not be in a position of right. power right. to help elevate your career. Right? The other one, we heard Ms. LaQuentra say Performance, you ain't get no seat at the table if, if your performance is not at the top of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Right, not, not, not C players. You gotta be an A player. The other one is your image, your image. And I'm not talking about coming up here all fine like this queen with your glasses matching your jacket down to your shoes. Keep that it matters it because it that's it part is. of her brand. We talked last night, and I was waiting for her to walk in the room so I could see because that's part of her brand. That's who she is. But that's a unique, right? That's, that's yes. unique. That's, a, that's something that allows her to stand out, yeah. right? But your image is not only how you show up. It's, it's your brand. It's your reputation. Mm. So what are people saying about you behind your back? Right. Mm-hmm. What are you saying about yourself? Because that determines how you show up. Because yeah. what we feed our yeah, minds yeah. is what happens in our actions. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is exposure. And uh, Mr. Kendra talked about that. And I would tell you that if you are doing all of those other things. Right. And you're like, man, I'm still not moving forward. Mm-hmm. Go on and check that E in your pie. What are you doing for exposure? A lot of times we wait around to be seen. No, mm-hmm. no. Get on that person's calendar. Figure out who in your circle is the, is the person to help you get to that next step, right? And get on their calendar. We talked about courageous leadership earlier, right? So APOD, remember it, advocacy, performance, image, and exposure. And if that thing is baked, you good, <laughs> right? We don't want no ha- no have, no have, no have big pies. One we one one want it. a whole big pie, <laughs> right. right, right. So just remember that. I love that. I'm gonna transition a little bit because what we didn't do in the beginning. Um, I don't think people know all of this expertise, years of expertise we have sitting on this on this panel right now. And so, tell us how many years you've been with the company. So
1: 25 years. I was recruited from college.
0: Uh huh. So y'all, this this is advice from somebody that's been doing it,
2: right? <laughs> Go on, Queen. How long you been here? I've been here 22, but I did all my internships, so it's 26 total. Wow,
0: wow. All right. And how long you been here? 18 years. This past Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right. So we're talking about years of experience in aerospace, and we already know it ain't a whole lot of us in this in this <laughs> in this area, right? So I applaud your tenure. But the reason why I wanted to put that front and center. Um, because I want to talk, you, you've been through like we, when we talk about leadership and the journey, y'all have been on a journey. Yes. Started from the bottom, now we're here.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> For real, right? Yeah. Internships to um, executive. So when, when we think about your journey, what has and, and what has not changed as it relates to leadership? Any any big shifts that you that you've seen?
1: I would say the the big shift that I've seen is um, more of the candid discussions about diversity, right? And so um, everything that's happening in the world is happening at work. And so until we had, you know, significant, you know, instances, Mm -hmm. right, and atrocities in our generation, like George Floyd, right, those were the first time I had leaders that were having candid conversations with me to say, How are you doing? I didn't understand. How do you show up, you know, to work and have to worry about how your children operate <laughs> and live in the world? Is this really as pervasive as I see? And so it was, it, was a, it was the first time I was able to be vulnerable, right, and say, yes, this is real. Yes, I worry about my sons. Who are black, black looking looking right um, by all intensive purposes, right, and here are things that happen to them, right, and so you know it gave them an opportunity to see that you know not only do we have to show up you know for corporate America and you know and meet performance expectations of our leaders, but there's a certain way that we have to show up in society just for our own you know safety. <clears throat> And so, and, and, and they were, you know, blown away that that would be something that we live with and through every day.
0: Mm. Mm. I won't even go into what, what you and I talked about last night because like, whoo, that's a whole nother workshop. Deep. <laughs> what, what has changed for you on your leadership journey? From so then for me, now?
2: Um, what has changed is... My drive, I've always had drive, so that that just having drive hasn't changed, but my drive is much more intentional and I have much more strategy right? Whereas when I first started my career, I was just, you know, doing it, right? Just, just getting it. And that gets you noticed, but now it's, you know, you're getting asked the question, where, you know, where do you want to go as opposed to me trying to fight? So you're, you're, when you get up in leadership, it changes. Like the, the conversations that you're having about who you are and where you're going changes a lot. And so, that change for me is 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 my drive itself changed. What didn't change is who I am. And I know that's a struggle for a lot of people. And we've had this conversation. So everybody say you want to you know show up your authentic self, right? The buzzword. And I've always coined mine is I show up as my authentic professional self, right? <laughs> so I laugh. My husband and my sister are here in the front row, right, supporting me. <laughs> And they know that this is not the Keisha they see every day, (laughs) right? Um, And that's okay because you're going to be who you are at home. But when you come to work, you want to be professional, but you don't want to lose you. So I've never lost me. Like I've always been, you know, funny. I love to joke. I think I'm funny. Am I funny? Am I pretty funny? You're funny. Okay. Okay. (laughs) A little. My husband said a little. (laughs) But that's the thing. If you joke, joke. It's okay, you know? Be, and that's finding your comfort zone, right? Because if you're trying to suppress that, because you're thinking that you're trying to impress or you're trying to st- sit at the table, and you're trying to suppress who you are, then it comes off awkward and weird and all that. Be who you are, and that's what I like about my journey. as I've always, you know, whether I'm, you know, talking to the president. Uh, of our organization and I'm sitting there with him I'll joke with him you know and so that's that's the thing you got to come as you are because then you then you find that comfort so that to me has not changed who I am
0: I'm the BU coach so you know I love all the authenticity talk (laughs) I truly (laughs) believe in that look what you got
3: so what have I learned on this leadership journey I'm going to tell you what has changed for me uh was how I led um I've always had a passion for people, um, but as I talked about earlier, I'm, I'm that introvert, so I like to study and, and work independently, right? But as I was building teams, I had to learn not to micromanage, so I'm telling on myself. Uh, and I also allowed my team to tell me. I told them, like, let me know, you know, if I'm encroaching boundaries here. And I grew through that. Um, again, it was being vulnerable, saying hey, here's some things I'm working on, can you let me know, you know, if I'm getting back off track or anything like that. Um, Another was the perfectionism. That was one thing I had to relinquish. I still operate with a spirit of excellence, but getting it all right and by myself, I had to let that go. So those are things that have shifted on my leadership journey. Now the thing that has not changed, similar to Dakisha, is, making sure that I stand strong on my conviction. So doing the right thing and also recognizing in whatever uh, way that I'm able to serve that it's a privilege. So I always keep that first and foremost title and no title. I'm here to serve. I'm here to offer a service. I'm here to be a solution to a problem. You don't have to give me a title, recognition, all of that sort of stuff. But I recognize it's a privilege because it keeps me humbled and it also helps me keep um, that perspective as to why I'm here and what value I can bring to the group.
0: I love that. So as you reflect on your journey, and I'm going to keep it with you because you Mm -hmm. you said something that just really resonated with me. As as we reflect on your journey, what skills, like if you think about the skills that have paid off the most, Mm -hmm. what would they be?
3: This one may turn a corner, but it's really been about bridge building. Um, that has been one important skill that I realized that I've been able to um, bring to the group. When folks said it couldn't happen, those are the times I really get excited. Uh, believe it or not, when folks say no or that'll never work, I really get excited inside. And I can't wait till that meeting is over or whatever little power we've had because I'm like, I'm going to go fine. Because I've always believed that there is an answer. If there's a problem, there's an answer. And that's the reason why we're here, right? (laughs) We're here to be that solution. And so I would really get excited. Um, So I think that bridge building, sometimes it's not just a technical solution. Sometimes it's just going to go talk to a person who has the answer and they're not willing to give it to the group. But if I go build a relationship with them and let them know I want to hear you, you have value in this organization. I've literally seen that change people. And people like, How did you get that out of them? Or how did you get them to work on the weekend? They're the most grumpy person (laughs) ever. How did you get them to willingly volunteer to work on this effort? And it's because I let them feel heard, again, modeling that behavior, but also um, making sure they know that I see them, that I appreciate their efforts, I celebrate their achievements, and I want them to be successful. So I think that bridge building has been a really important skill because when folks said it can't be done, or it's, it's useless spending your time with that person. No, let me go figure out how do we get the best out of them. We hired them for a reason, mm-hmm. so there has to yes. be value there.
0: Yes. If my boss wasn't already so awesome, I would come over for you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Look, Kendra, what skills? Tell us what
1: skills. It's, for me, overall, top skill is communication. Ah, yes. Right? Um... When I look at the people who are you know, at the top and the co- people that continue to move right, through the organization, you're like, you know, that role did not exist, right? You know, how is it right, that this person right, is, is now in this space in a mm-hmm. new organization? And, you know, and, and it's been communication, right? It's how they message right, um, the corporate strategy and especially how they message bad news, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting in rooms and I'm listening to them like, uh, we're a hundred million over how is it that no one in the room is angry right and it's you know they focused on you know you know here's how I'm aligned with the customers right here's how I'm working across the organization to bridge these gaps right and then you know here's what you know we're going to communicate to the street right to Wall Street on recovery and timing right and how we're you know creating synergies with other industries right to revitalize this this product and I'm like but We're not at the heart of
4: how we got (laughs) to this position,
1: right? And I'm like, it was all about that person's message, their delivery, right? And how they conveyed, you know, the, the situation we're in, but there was more focus on where we're going to, right? And so they were able to captivate the audience, right? And focus on, you know, the bridge to success versus, you know, just where we're at. And so, you know, I would say, you know, continue to, you know, hone your craft and communication, especially, you know, verbal skills as well as presentation skills, you know, get in front of, you know, audiences, whether it's Toastmasters or just trusted colleagues, right? And really have them, you know, pitch hard questions, you know, to really throw you off your game, right? And then continue to refine, right? How you respond and, you know, and how you show up in the room and, you know, and be able to have people, you know, um, pitch and piggyback, you know, off of you know key talking points.
0: I love communication.
2: Go ahead. You
0: you ready? Look for am the I am. I am. You know, know I'm ready. ready. You
1: know
2: I'm No, but I want to jump on uh, uh, Lakendra's point really quick, though. The the how effective you can communicate your vision and your mission is really key, right? Um, especially in leadership and as you uh, drive up the uh, the corporate ladder, is that's important. You got to have people that want to follow you when they don't have to. In that communication and how you communicate that will get them to walk in that direction or turn around and go the opposite way. And so that that right there is key So I did that communication piece. Um, but just to add on, because my lovely panelists covered all the great ones. Right. Um, one big thing, though, for me, skill set building uh, is problem solving. And it, uh, I've always coined myself as a problem solver, and I'll go anywhere and solve a problem, but I just realized my problems change, right? Instead of solving the technical problems I was, right, when I was coming in and starting out, I'm now solving people problems and, Finance problems and you know those kinds of things, so you, your problems change, but you're still solving problems and that's that's it. so get comfortable solving problems and then communicating them right so I think that is a skill set that is has kept me through my entire career and continues um, on my path of success um, is honing in on the problem solving. Can I add two more um, I'm gonna put it in one. I'm I'm gonna say
0: self-awareness, right, and the ability to self-reflect, but then to self self-regulate. So if you know what I'm talking about, high emotional intelligence. The reality is we're gonna be triggered at work, right? Um, We just said life goes on and it don't stop when we get into the workplace. But how you respond is going to make, and could make the difference in you getting a promotion, right, you building that relationship, uh, so, taking a moment to pause has been the skill that I've learned because if you can't figure it out, man, my snapback game strong, okay? <laughs> and so, the younger version of me, somebody said something I didn't, I didn't like, there was no pulling nobody to the side. They was getting their life right there. Mm-hmm. I was checking them right there. And then I walked away going, Well, I was authentic. <laughs> that is real. not authenticity, okay? <laughs> Leaving Never bodies leave. behind is not authenticity. <laughs> But I had a mentor that pulled me aside and said, I love all your fire, but we gonna have to redirect the queen, okay? You gonna have to watch, not what you say, but how you say it. It's important because you want your message, communication to be received. But the biggest thing for me, I was always triggered at work, always triggered. Every day somebody was triggering me and I was ready to snap off. (laughs) Okay, well that's not good for me either. I'm constantly in a high elevated, right? Emotional, stressful state. And so as soon as I realized that people are gonna trigger me, that's a fact, that's life, nothing I can do, right? I wish I could control people and get them to not trigger me, right? But as soon as I accepted that and said, you know what? When I'm triggered, I'm gonna do a thing. I'm going to pause, right? And then when I got real good, I paused and began to ask clarifying questions because I needed a little bit more time, right? (laughs) To process what's being said about me. Because a lot of times we get feedback, right? And it's personal. It's not constructive, right. right? And so I had to be able to still stand as an executive in those rooms and take that. But the power of the pause, man, I mastered that. So I would add emotional intelligence, right? Digging deep, understanding who you are, that makes a very big difference. We talked about authenticity, because when you know who you are, people can't tell you who you are. They can't tell you where to go. They can't, there's, they, there's nothing, they have no control. And so I would add that. Um, I wanna pause, we got a little bit more time you know, in the room, but I see some faces and, and some folks with some little question marks over their head. Does anybody have a question for the panel? All right, yes.
5: So th- this is, it's a lot. I'm gonna try to combine it as much as possible. First, thank you all for sharing so much. Listen, I have the notes of like three weeks. You can have mine too. <laughs> Just right here, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm gonna get your name and number. But okay, so. There was a lot said here that resonates with me um, deeply. Mm. Um, and I do get emotional, right? Because okay. I'm, I'm a black girl and I'm just gonna put it out there. So mm-hmm. I'm having issues um, with someone that is encroaching, that directly affects me. Um, I've been with RTX Raytheon for uh, five years this January. Um, I have a 21-year military background, um, retired successfully. Um, But she sees me as new. Um, I'm one of those type of people, if you put me somewhere, I'm gonna show up, period. I'm gonna give my best, Um, I'm going to try to lead. Um, I'm learning that my leadership is um, intimidating people. Hmm. And I'm finding that I'm having to make myself smaller which is mm. so uncomfortable for me. It is... I'm so sorry. Okay, queen, sorry. Nah, breathe. No, you got it. got it. You Queen. It. Breathe. breathe.
1: We understand. Mm-hmm. Let me take my shoes off. Oh
5: All right. <laughs> <laughs> we get real in here now. Yeah. get it. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Go. Okay. And I'm also, I think one of you said you uh, kind of... Uh, have brought, I don't want to say trauma, but I'm bringing traumas to work because of my military background and things that I've had to endure. One of the reasons why I retired, (sighs) because I just got tired. Mentally, it's just too much. So, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I do have advocates. I do have allies. Um but having to deal with this is emotionally draining. Mm -hmm. But I'm stubborn and I refuse to let her win. I've learned this week that it's not about me, right? The issue is not within me and what I've done or what I'm doing because I do 360s with my team, as well as my peers, uh, prior managers, and my customer. Rated 4.7, she gives me a 3.4 totally offline with how I perform every day. I know it is because she does not show up for me. She does not see me as value. she sees me. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm outspoken and I'm not like, outsp- I've learned,
1: right, to
5: pause. Awesome. I've learned to pause because there are times where I just, okay, I'm going to stop this meeting right now because right now I just need to collect and gather myself to make sure that your message is heard, right? We've had two tough conversations. I've never, this is, this is really difficult it's because right. it's corporate, it's yeah. not military, where I can just be aggressive and get back with you like you come at me, right? So... It was easy, easy. absolutely. Listen, (laughs) it's in me. But what I'm trying to, I need, and I think I got it this week. I'm going to go do classes on the things that she pointed out. I've already reached out to people that uh, she wants me to reach out to. Um, No issues there, right? I just need, because I've been paused for like two months now, just because I just cannot approach it, because as you can see, it is very personal with me. I show up every day, early. I leave late. I was telling her, she used to be my boss. I was telling I don't work late anymore just because I just can't take it. I can't take giving my all to something that I know is not received. Um, so I just need pointers of how not to do this when I'm trying to express myself to her other than writing it down because I plan on like basically cataloging her issues with me in an email, um, very pointed, but also asking how I can serve her better. Because I was told by one of the other ladies on the panel earlier, um, that if I ask her how to better serve her, then it takes me, it removes me from the situation. Mm -hmm. um, And also put the onus on her to be very specific Mm -hmm. as to what I'm not doing. Um, So I I just need better or something that I, so I don't have to be paused for two months and then gotcha. internalizing everything that, yeah. because my biggest trigger is not being my authentic self. Yeah. That is the biggest, if I could anything else, I'm okay, that's fine. But me not showing up as who I am and I know I'm doing my best and giving my all and there's feedback on the contrary to what my boss, the one who has to write my evaluations mm-hmm. and all, it, it's it's bothering me really bad, so. Thank you all for letting me. <laughs> <Thanks>. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. yes.
4: yes.
3: So I would this, love to respond. Yes, I love that sisterhood there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would offer first, aside from all of the work, is to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because no matter where you go, as our beautiful hostess um, and facilitator Sia told us, that trauma is going to show up mm-hmm. um, and there will be triggers, regardless of where you go or what team, what manager, uh, whatever environment. So, first, taking care of yourself. I don't know if you're utilizing therapy or counseling. Yes, I do. But That's something I learned last year that I needed um, and yes. I take full advantage. The company does have those benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the first because that helped me to shed a lot of things I had been carrying and sweeping in a corner, right? So that would be the first thing. So you can take care of yourself to be able to process soberly and filter through whatever you're facing. And then the second thing I would offer is having you know trusted comrades at work who can give you both sides, right? Because sometimes we're also clouded and then that person could be you know attacking us or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's not as bad as we think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's another way somebody can help us navigate. If you have someone who's trusted who can see both sides um, and provide that feedback. Like you said, okay, well, I'm willing to take these classes and I'm willing to modify how I respond in these situations, but I really do need this really specific feedback or I need someone else who can step in who may have some influence with that person. Not saying I'm I'm gonna go to her boss and all that sort of stuff to stir things up, but what is the most constructive person that can help um, enter into that uh, situation with you to help you thrive? And at the end of the day, sometimes we realize that ain't the spot for us. Yes.
5: Okay. And we just
3: have to accept that.
2: And if I could add, um, I think you have the tools. I think you, you actually just sent them back to us, right? What you, what you were going to do <laughs> and, and what you hope to do. But I just wanted to offer you this. You're not alone. Like We've all been there, right? Probably everyone in this room has had a situation. You were like, help me, right? Um, but it changes right and a lot of times i've always told myself it's not me right it's them right so how do i help foster this situation right to get to get us both past it right and I think you're doing the right things documentation is also really key I think people take that for granted mm-hmm. but you can help change that narrative by making sure that your side of the story right or whatever mm-hmm. the is documented in a, in a professional after the pause right yes. kind of way because you don't want to go back like see was just talking about and and get it, right? But you do want to tell your side of whatever the story is so that the narrative is not just one-sided, so that you do have a comeback and it is documented and you do respond, right, um, to help correct that. And if you're getting the the feedback um, from others, you want to include that as well, right, okay. so that you have a well-rounded um, response to what you're seeing coming down the pipeline. Okay. Thank you both.
1: Yeah. And so in, in your summary... you. You said exactly the advice that I would have given to you because, you know, essentially you said you you get to a point to where you're going to have to separate people from the problem. And that would be the key thing I would tell you. It's like right now this is your leader, right? This is the person that you're going to be compelled to interact with, right, and perform for. So but through it, right, separating, right, the attitude, the persona, You know, the negativity that comes with, you know, uh, feedback and just interaction with that person. Focus on well, what is this person really asking of me? And what is this person looking for from me? Right? And then echo that back to them. You know, take away the emotion. Here's what I think I heard that you expect me to do. Are we aligned? Okay. Right. Thank you. You're welcome.
5: Better.
4: good morning good morning morning. my name is jalees giles i'm with saic Um, i was wondering you all have space where your voice is being heard You're you're the leaders um and i understood that sometimes it was a space that you didn't realize you were going to be in you just kind of got into that space did you apply or were you kind of Mentored into that space. Reason I'm asking is, um, I'm a leader. I've, I'm, I've, in, in high school, I had leader internships, but once I got into corporate, I have yet to become a leader. And um, I, I speak to my my manager, my mentor. I give a lot of input, but how did you become a leader?
1: I would say one of the secrets to my success is that I've always been intentional about partnering with HR. You know, people look at HR as just some abstract organization, right? That's just there to help, you know, you deal with benefits or, you know, personnel challenges, but guess who's in the room and guess whose voice is being (laughs) heard when we're talking about talent, when we're talking about, you know, aligning people for development opportunities, right? So that they can grow who has some of the key influence when they're looking at succession plans and saying, you know, okay, this person is, you know, has one you know, a one to two one to two a year gap, right? And so we're going to put them on this initiative so that they get uh, more exposure. And so I am adamant about having regular engagements with my direct HR and partner, with my leaders HR and partner, <laughs> and then I have you know partners, HR partners in other businesses. So that I'm keen aware to what they're hearing and seeing about opportunities and what skill sets you know the certain leaders are looking for. And they have been intentional about introducing me to senior executives across the business. And they're like, okay, look, Kendra, I've spoken to such and such, I, you need to set up a getting-to-know-you session with them, right? And that's you know, and that's when I'm putting my elevator speech about <laughs> who I am, uh, who I aspire to be. Here's uh, the uh, the development gaps, right? That I think I need, right, to get to the next level. And I and I am very very consistent about that.
2: Thank you. What else? So I have, um, I, I like, I love the HR one. That is, that is key. That is, that's something everybody should write that right, down. I'm a Partner writer. with your <laughs> HR. Um, but another one is we, we talked about networking earlier. Key. Another piece. Don't don't take for granted applying for positions. And I'll tell you one thing, even if you don't get the position, the people that you interview with is an opportunity for them to get to know you. That's key. I've had opportunities come from people who have interviewed me for somebody else's position, they were on the panel, and they didn't. I wasn't the, the candidate for that position, but they they were like, "Wow, I didn't know you did all of that," or "I didn't know you," you know. And, and having that uh, that dialogue and that interaction made them think of me when something else came up. So don't. Um, and then this is a great time to see. If you don't mind, I'm gonna take a second to talk about something real quick. <laughs> One thing that we don't do, right, as women of color, a lot of times we look at a job. Um, requisition, and we find all the things that we don't yes. Do. Yes. do. Ain't qualified for <laughs> what in the world? And I do it myself too. I'm not. I'm not up here. Like I'm all, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I can't. Oh, well, I'm not gonna apply for that. But our counterparts find one or two good things on there and they're like, Oh, okay, I'm I'm applying and we've already said ourselves, if you don't apply, you're not you, you're not even in the running, right? So we've got to get out of our comfort zone in that regard and say, okay, you don't know everything about that job, yes, but they will teach you, right? you will learn and you will be surprised, but show up. But that interview, whether you get the job or not, could be a groundbreaking moment yes. for you. That's good. Yeah. I
0: like that. You know, I never even thought about going out on interviews uh-huh. and that being a, a, a point of exposure. Of oh yeah. Holy exposure. like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> write it down and then text that to me, because <laughs> I was listening. You saw me, I was, that's good. That's good. Yeah, right. The question, you got something you can do. Yes, and I, I, I
1: would do. say to echo what Dakeisha said, the scary part is, you know, you did ask you, like, are you interviewing? Guess what? All three of my executive roles, there was not a wreck. <laughs> right, There were just leadership conversations that said, I need an executive to do X, Y, Z, mm. right? And because I had already, you know, I had this ongoing, continual, right, networking, right? Someone called me and said, leader is calling you and you need to treat it as an interview, you know, but they're gonna say they're just getting to know you, mm. right? And so then all of a sudden I get another call, follow-up call and it's like, I got this opportunity in my organization, would you be interested? <laughs>
0: Mm, that's when you've done it real good, right? right? That's, right. that's that's
1: see, that's that's
0: at the end of the journey. That's right. that's when you've done all the interviews and you've gotten the exposure. Right. One of the things that I that I um, that I would say is um, stretch assignments, right? Um, what in your organization can you raise your hand for? I think about my own journey. Uh, And I actually got to executive just that way. I was already a leader, I wasn't an executive, but I saw an opportunity, right? A gap where my leader was going to be out. And I said, I'll do it. I'll do it because I knew that that would put me in touch with decision makers that in my job, on my level, I wouldn't have access to. And so I only had it for a week, best week of my life, let me tell you, okay? I was busy. Um, but what in your organization, and my wife actually works for Lido, she used to work for SAIC, so I'm very familiar with the organization, and if you need some context, mm-hmm. talk to me afterwards. But who, what in your organization, like, is there a problem, right, that no one is solving, right. and you go and say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna solve it, right? And so that way, you're showing all of uh, your skill set, um, and it's a stretch assignment, right? And then that way, you have an opportunity to showcase who you are and what you have to offer. So I'm a big fan of that. What you got,
3: Um, What I'll also add, I think I'm on the, front, on the earlier phases of, so I'm taking notes over here about the interviews yeah. <laughs> and all that, but what I will say before the titles, I, when I saw what my leaders' goals were, I aligned myself directly. I'm gonna help you achieve your goals. Yes. So number one, now I have your eye. The other thing is I was taken off of their plate. So I was unloading them. Mm-hmm. And especially if they're an ambitious leader, they're ready to move on to the next thing. And so there was an opportunity for them to say, well, it looks like you've kind of helped me clear my plate. Are you well, willing and ready to step up to this next opportunity? Mm-hmm.
4: And it That's wasn't so always
3: just work. Again, we talked about the ERGs. That was another breeding ground for me in terms of developing those leadership skills, being on a committee, serving on some sort of program, right? Black history program, all of those sort of things is where I was developing those leadership skills that I wouldn't have gotten just in my day-to-day job.
0: Thank Mm. you. That's so good. Yes, and the ERG, say it one more time. I got a lot of my ERG leaders in here. If you don't know me, that's what I do at Raytheon. I am in charge of all of the ERGs. Uh, So my ERG leaders, I I see you, I see you, I see you. Thank you. Um, And I love that because, uh, yeah, it elevated my career. Talk about a, a moment of exposure and impact. Yes, so if you have um, employee resource groups, get in
4: them. Yes. Hello, thank doctor. you all. Yes, my name is Dr. Allison Austin. I'm with Raytheon Technologies. Doctor. It took me a long time to say doctor, because I didn't it. celebrate myself, but it's okay. We don't celebrate Doctor, it. let's thank call you. it what it is, Appreciate doctor. Yes. So first of all, congratulations on your award. Thank so. you, ma'am. And thank, thank you all you. for your gems that you have thank given you. to us today. My question was around ERGs. So at the site, we do a lot of work, um, including our day-to-day activities. And sometimes that work is not seen as work that is factored into promotion or factored into when when you are going for another role. It's seen as, or it's kind of frowned upon depending on what site you're at. So how do you kind of, um, I guess, bridge that gap or leverage doing the work because you are out there talking and educating leaders on site because we have site leaders who don't know what ERGs are. right? I raise my hand, hey, you guys want to be in the ERG? See me, I know how to get you in RTS connections. right? And as a result, being able to speak in staff meetings, but that's not seen as something of value bringing to the table, or maybe I just, I don't know if they're seeing it or not, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, So how do you overcome that and and kind of leverage being in that and also getting us to be a part of what we're doing? Because usually it's a few, but there are plenty of us. Uh, But for some reason, because it is frowned upon or because they don't feel like they can easily participate in those events, people don't. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, how how do we do that?
0: I'm going to let y'all start. Cause then I'm gonna talk about what I'm doing, okay. right? Cause this is my job.
1: So yeah, the same. Right. Yeah.
3: So, okay. <laughs> so I'll, one thing I'll mention is, so I've had a leader that I heard overheard um, really vocalizing uh, his dismay with ERGs, um, and that was really discouraging. But I had to also pause, gather myself, and I went and addressed him, and I told him there is value that we're bringing to this organization there. And I just kind of went down the list of things that I was doing and he wasn't really talking about me. He was talking about another employee and he didn't realize I was in the area. He was like, why are we spending money on this? And there's an organization for me and so on and so forth. And, border, right? uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> what I ended up doing was really just <laughs> leveraging those skills. And so when I would show up, you know, in various meetings, whatever. the I was showing those same skills, and I was showing, and this is where I got it from. So when we talked about even in reviews and all this sort of stuff, and this is where I learned this, right? So I kind of demonstrated it, um, and I think that was how I was able to, and eventually he did come around, but it took a while, right? And I had to, I didn't need to prove it, but I also wanted to just put it on display for him. So that was one thing for me. I've had a leader who is vocally, um, express his dislike for those sort of things, but at the same time, I recognize the value, so it didn't discourage me in that regard.
1: Um, I, I would say, you know, because I have I have a heart overall, you know, to give, that if it wasn't for corp- corporate social responsibility, that, you know, I would have left the company and went somewhere else, right, where it was valued. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, aligning with, you know, le- either your leader or your leader's leader, because there is someone in that leadership chain that understands that this is a measure, right? That this is something that the company values and invests in, right? And we're so we're looking to not just improve our brand, right, but bring people in, right, to create that family, right, that extension, because we spend so much time at work. And so for me, right, having a family, having kids was also making sure that I'm aligning, right, my STEM career, with my kids' interests, right, with, with their school, right? How do I factor in their school? How do I factor in, you know, my support and love for Boys and Girls Club, right? And then bring work all into that, right? How do I create, right, a space for people who look like me to be, you know, aware and be exposed, right, to STEM and to people that look like us in STEM? And so that's how, you know, so I found value in it, and then I found leaders who valued it.
0: I don't know how to answer this question without putting more work on you, and it's not work for you to do. That's why I'm here, right? As your, as your ERG diva. And so one of the things that I'm working on, because this type of thing, we gotta bring everybody along, including the managers, right? But it needs to be in our policy, right? Why do we have work day and we can't identify our ERG leaders? Why is it not part of our performance improvement conversations? Why are we not talking about our ERG leaders as part of succession? Well, that's changing at RTX. That's what I'm working on. So when y'all don't see me, that's what I'm doing behind the scenes. I'm working with HR, right? I'm working across the DNI team. I'm working with your leaders, so if I know that you're an ERG leader, I'm inviting your, your leader, right? I'm sending them emails to let them know how awesome you are and the impact that you're making with this work. I just need you to just keep going, doing what you're doing, and then trust the DNI team that we've, uh, you know, assembled over here has your back. And recognizing that um, employee resource groups and the leaders that do that work, they deserve to be elevated right? This hard heart work that you're doing, it deserves to be celebrated. And so I'm going to make sure, as long as I'm here, right, um, that that's what we're doing. No more party planning. That's not what we do. We're making impact. So if you see what we've done, um, and the ones that are connected at the global level, um, we're connected to every function in our business. We don't have benefits making uh, changes to our benefit plan without calling my ERG leaders. That's how ERGs are supposed to work, right? We're getting there. So just stay the course. I don't want to give you anything else to do. You're already doing enough. Give me the name of your manager. I'll help you have that conversation. Uh, I can do that. I can do that. Or just send them my way, ERGs at RTX.com. I will respond and I will help them see this beautiful work and why it's so important and the domino effect it could have, right, um, when, when we're doing it the right way. So keep going. Keep doing it. I got you. Hi, good morning, Rosalinda.
4: Um, been with Raytheon for about 22 years. An RTX company. So, my I found it very interesting how a couple of you mentioned that you are in a leadership role that is totally new from you know even outside your educational background. Um, maybe you can speak to what was the most challenging part because for me the the, the people, the team is very important, right? So. Um, I kind of see us leaders um, should be able to support the team and, and know maybe even what they do, right? Their jobs, right? How do you, how do you approach that new team um, so that you earn their respect and they follow you like, you, like we know
1: that, um, that they good. should, right? That's good. Oh. So uh, apparently, I like change and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I'm just, and I'm starting to go through it. So uh, by education, I'm a physicist. my master's in physics and then I thought you know well maybe I want to be a business leader right so I went off and got an MBA then I came into corporate America as an engineer and then I woke up 10 years later and said oh I want to be a program manager (laughs) 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 then I said oh I want to be a quality executive and then became an engineering executive so now I'm an operations executive so you just got to do it scared I'm not going to know everything but I trust and recognize that these organizations and this company existed long before me. There are people in place who have those specialized skills, who understand the intricacies of the job, the processes, the policies, and the procedure. I need to come in confident enough to ask the right questions. Yes. What are the things that are driving right, our performance, impacting our performance, limiting our performance? Right. What are those inhibitors? Right. And that's how I lead effectively in through that and having, you know, regular engagements with various people in my organization. Right. I'm getting a better understanding of how our products cycle through the factory. Right. Okay, Where do we have bottlenecks in the factory? Right. Where in the factory processes? Right. Are we having, you know, either safety or ergo issues, right? So then, okay, the focus there is on tooling, right, or ergonomics, right? Or, you know, how do you improve capacity, right? So that's what I'm charged to in a leadership role, right? Not the intricacies of how you do the job. Why are we doing the job, you know? And, you know, and then how do I get, you know, more productivity, which then translates, right, to... More cash, more profit, right, um, building and expanding the business, so it's the focus changes right so we 're very specialized early on in our career, but as we grow through our career, we really need to focus on impact to the business and the measures that you know that lead uh, the business the leading indicators.
2: Mm-hmm. I know what you are going to say. Go on. No, I was going to say, let's connect. I mean, because I know we're running out of time, but I want to make sure. But you got to get to know your team because they are. They're professionals, and they know what they're doing. And you're there to help guide and coach and and support them. Um, So a lot of your answers are going to come from them, right? A lot of the information that you're going to have, you're not going to know it, right? You're going to get to know it through them. But get to know them because they'll bend over backwards for you. But you build that relationship with them, and they'll provide the information, especially as you start to lead leaders. Right, um, that becomes even more important because they're the ones who are pulling that from their teams. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and, and just to, just to kind of piggyback off of that, earlier you talked about you know authenticity. We've been talking about vulnerability. Um, all of those things build trust. And and I think about every because for me, I've I've worked in leadership and development my entire life. I've never worked in aerospace. I've never worked in DNI as a job. And um, I think there's something to be said when you're honest ain't never done this before, but I'm a leader. I'm a leader of people. I don't care if you're selling widget-wadgets. Um, that's, that's what you do. It's my job to take care of you, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know what skill you need. You just need to be a people leader. Mm-hmm. I don't care, I, like you said, I can lead anywhere, I can lead anywhere. right? Mm-hmm. And so connecting with the people, I think when you first take over a team, getting them, you build credibility by focusing mm-hmm. on them. Everything else really doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you, how do I lead you? How do I motivate you? Mm-hmm. How do I make you wanna come to work every single day? And then that becomes my focus while I worry about the skills, right? And I get better at the skill stuff, the stuff that I have to learn. But that people stuff, if you're a people leader over here, you can be a people leader over there. Yep. It don't matter, yep. right? And so those transferable skills of people leaders, we can lead anywhere. Mm-hmm. But connect afterwards. Come on up your queen. Miss Courtney, Hi, uh, Courtney Bobley, Pratt Whitney
3: RTX. Uh, so earlier on, one of you mentioned. Um, I think it was in the line of making sure that you're heard. That you also, you also talk about what you do. You talk about yourself and what you're working on. Where is the line between talking about the things you work and not, you know, being silent and just getting your job done? And I guess bragging. Bragging, girl, bragging. Right, so, bra- I mean, I know we toot our own <laughs> horn, but. Where's the line? Because you don't want to be like, oh, here she comes and talk about, oh, she, she wrote this
2: manual, she did this, like... Where's the line? <laughs> so that's all I just want to know. There's no line. There's no line. Okay. <laughs> you better brag on yourself. I had I had a hard time, um, and I'm not looking at my family on purpose because they're like, no, you didn't. Um, talking to <laughs> like this, y'all. Y'all can't see it. <laughs> Who she telling? Like Foolish. She, she, tell she, it. she You know when I you got ball something ball to say, and you rock <laughs> it. She like, I, I, I did. I had a hard time, like really stepping. Yeah, the professional. This is the, like really <laughs> step- yeah, the, the professional me. But but you do. You have to get comfortable. Not really tooting your own horn, but making sure that w- all of your greatness is shown through. You've got to get comfortable. Do who's going to speak for you? But you. Right? And then the ones you want to actually be your advocates and your sponsors, they need to know about you. They need to know all the great things you did, but I'm still trying to figure that out too. So I, I, <laughs> it's hard, it's not, it's not easy. You have to be comfortable with that and it is uncomfortable, but you, there is no line. People should know who you are and what you do, yeah. what you bring, <laughs> you know, and what you're about.
0: Y'all agree? The yes. other panelists, y'all agree? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's a line. Um, I know early on when, because I, I struggle with this never, um, <laughs> <you go>. uh, <laughs> uh, someone gave the advice of speak uh, from the perspective of others. So when you're when you're doing your elevator speech, you may say, uh, "People have said that I am." I have been told that I do. And as a result, these are my accomplishments, right? And So right you there. get real Damn. savvy with the wording, right? There you go. I ain't say it, they said this about me. They said yeah. I was awesome. I just happened to agree <laughs> because I got the awards standing right here. So they must be right because I got these accomplishments, but the people said it, right? That's good. Um, and so you can, but I don't, I agree. I don't think we ever, um, especially women of color, We, we and then we got to get better at tuning uh, our Queen's horns, right? And talking about what they doing and being cheerleaders for each other because then I think it makes it easier for us to be cheerleaders for ourselves. Come on up here. You are our last one. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be good. Hello. My (laughs) name is
2: Kennedy. Um, I am currently a student at the University of Michigan, Dearborn, Mm -hmm. and I'm in the process of becoming a mechanical engineer because my dream is to work on uh, rovers and so forth at NASA. But I just want to know, from you guys' perspective, like, what? How did you navigate that journey of like the isolation and the like the ups and downs of getting to that degree and still knowing that it was going to be worth it in the end? Oh man! Let's let we'll talk again. We'll talk, again. <laughs> we'll talk again. Close the door. Let's sit down. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. So. And, I, and it's funny. I, I, and you guys are hearing this in my speech tonight, but I, with, grad, with um, me graduating as the second Black female in mechanical engineering in my in my college, right? The right, place. I, the right place. I was like, what? You know when my, my dean told me that, and he was actually on stage. So the award one who gave you the award, Kendall Harris, was mm-hmm. my dean who told me that, right, oh, my at wow. my college, University of Texas at Arlington, and. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, I didn't graduate that long ago, right? Why, why is this happening? But you, it's less wow. and less of us, right? As you go up in your classes and your courses, you have, it's like you feel like you have to work harder, right? But you are meant to be there, right? And it's gonna get tough. It doesn't matter because when you get to the end all of that's going to be a wash because you're ready to go now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to focus on. And, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of people that look like you to help to, to rely on, to to study with, and things like that. But you have to find that self-drive mm-hmm. to motivate and propel yourself through to that next level. You can do it.
4: Yes, absolutely. You just peaking
2: the major and taking the first few steps was all you <laughs> needed to get that train rolling, right? But you Thank have you. to find that happy to continue to self-motivate you know, and propel you through all the the tough work because it, it doesn't I say it stops here. It doesn't stop here. Right. After your degree, you get into work and then you, you're up here like we're talking about trying to figure out how to get to the next step. Right. So you're going to always have some sort of a challenge or something that you're pushing yourself past. So just kind of get used to the fact that it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Right. At every level of the game. But you can do it. You got it. You got this. I'm going to add to
3: that. So I was a beneficiary of graduating from HBCU, Prairie View A&M University. So I didn't have, you know, to question because I could look to my left and my right and there were folks who looked like me and we had similar experiences. But what I will say is building that community, if it doesn't exist, who are the folks, what kind of organizations are you participating in? NSBE, um, BAYA, like you hear women of color, these sort of Events and conferences are going to help you expand your network, um, talk to people who are having similar experiences, give you the tools to continue to thrive where you are. Um, you can, you know, kind of soak up the knowledge just as you're doing. I think you're doing all the right things. It's just staying focused on what is my end goal and who do I need to help me keep propelling and keep going. Plug into all those projects, take those special initiatives um, to heart, work closely with your professors. You're going to have a number of doors open for you, especially as you continue to perform and excel in your academics um, and keep coming to things like this.
0: Yes,
1: good. So, I, I would say the isolation is real, but it's not meant to break you mm-hmm. or you know, or, or shake you. And and I'm also an HBCU grad, so the first time I experienced that, where I was in you know a technical environment, right, amongst people that you know. I, I that I viewed as adversaries just from the type of questions it was. It was very uncomfortable. And right? I was in my freshman year, I was at a um a national physics conference, right, presenting my research work, and no one in the audience looked at me and just a barrage of questions, right? They just kept on getting harder and deeper. And I'm thinking, I've got two semesters in school. <laughs> I don't know this, right? But I, and I'm stumbling my way through it, right? And and I'm getting nervous and my voice is cracking and it was the worst feeling in the world. And so I spent the next month, you know, just beating myself up. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I was like, well, what did I learn from that, right? I was like, and if this is how the world is gonna look, then I'm gonna have to intentionally put myself in those spaces so that I am uncomfortable because it's causing me to grow and it's pushing me to the next level. And so I continued to do that, I, I, then I got worse. I went, I accepted an internship at Mayo Clinic and there was, and they told me it's like, well, you know, with you interns coming in, you just increased the pop, the minority population by ten percent. Wow! Like, well, what? Wow! <laughs> like, so now I'm like, I'm stuck here for the summer, right? And no one looks like me, and I'm, and I'm uncomfortable, and I feel isolated, and there's nowhere for me to get my hair done. <laughs> oh, that's real. I that, yeah, and it's real, right? And it, but it was meant to stretch me, mm-hmm. right? It was meant to grow me. Um, and it was meant to make me connect with people that don't necessarily look like me, think like mm-hmm. me, talk like me, mm-hmm. and have, you know, experience, you know, that aligns with mine. And so it was a good forcing function to prepare me for, That's you know, good. what we're going through. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. You're in the right place. You're yeah, not alone. Look around right. this room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, all over this
0: place, you're not, you're not alone. It's up to you to make that connection. We've been talking about networking. So you're not, you're not alone. Right? All right.
2: Yes. You got another question? Um, Go ahead. I just wanted to add, um, I have been into uh, two NASA internships and I've done some with my school as well. Okay. Uh, my family has always seen me as like a hard worker. Sometimes I've even like stayed up nights just to get an A on a calc test. So That's good. Uh, thank you. It's We're, proud of you. We're, pay you. Pay We're proud, proud of you. It's going to pay off. We're proud of you. <laughs> great job.
0: We are. Thank you. All right.
2: You good? All
0: right. We got to end this thing. We could be in here all day, but <laughs> look, I'm getting the I. The eye from the guy in the back. So we're gonna end this thing. So the one question, everybody's gonna take it. We'll start with you, um, What If if you could tell your younger self anything, what would you tell your younger self?
3: You're gonna be all right. Honestly, I think as I worried and wondered, like, am I in the right place? Uh, Did I make the right choice? Um, Just being myself, something my granny used to tell me growing up is uh, be odd. Be different. So sometimes when you have those isolating moments and you're like, did I do the right thing? Am I on the right path? But just keep putting, again, one foot in front of the other. And I think I did that along the way. But sometimes you just kind of doubted yourself, a question, you know, should I keep going? Um, but that's what I would tell my younger self. Just keep going. You are going to be all right.
2: And you are right. I, I am. am. Thank God. All
0: right.
2: <laughs> and along Loquacious' uh, lines, be patient right? It'll come, right? Everyone's journey is different, and everyone's is personal, and and you'll get there. You'll get to where you're supposed to be. You'll meet your goals. Just be patient, relax, and then embrace every step of the way. I love that. Trust the journey.
1: (laughs) I would say focus on work-life harmony, right? I I have not found balance. There is. I I don't see where it's going to exist, so focus on your happy. I mean, (laughs) you, you know, and you got, and create You know, those opportunities and experiences at home, right? As well as, you know, at at work. So, you know, so if I'm, if I know I'm gonna go hard, it's gonna be an 80 hour week, right? I'm taking a day off the following week, right? And we're gonna do something, you know, focused and intentional with the family, right? So that they know that they're just as important to me.
0: I love that. Thank y'all so much for your time today. That concludes the Having Our Say, the Influence of Black Women at the Table, presented by Raytheon Technologies. I am Sia Justice. It has been my pleasure to have you here and host this amazing panel. Panelists, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, Miss Award winner, we're so proud of you. Continue, continue.